First Church Charlotte. Thank you for joining with us on this Wednesday night. Uh, We join together using all of the advantages of technology, and we go into the scripture together to learn together. So wherever you're joining this from, whether you're watching this live in the uh, chat room or you are watching this on one of the platforms or perhaps you're watching this in the future, I pray the Lord would bless your future self. Uh, Whatever the case, thank you for your time. Uh, I want to talk about the subject of faith for a little while tonight. Um, it's so easy for us to just be religious about faith, as in, yes, faith is part of it. Faith is, you know, a necessary component. I want to, if possible, go a little bit deeper than that and look at some biblical insight into faith, because I don't know about you, but I very much want to grow my faith. There is so much that I would like to see um, happen for others. Uh, for myself, my family, my children, uh, I want to be a person of great faith. And I understand, I, I I am deeply convinced that faith is how we, in this world, bridge the gap of our limits here, and we access the power of the divine um, in the heavenlies. Uh, God is able to do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. I want to access that. I'm sure you do too. I I want to be able to go into difficulty of spirit and trial. And even in the trial, even in the difficulty, be a person of great faith. I have been blessed and honored to have some people in my life like that. I hope you've had some people like that in your life. If you've ever known someone of great faith, Um, you see the profound benefit that it brings to your life. So I'm going to um, give you some uh, overview here of of what I'm talking about, what our subject is going to be, and let's get started here as as quickly as possible. The possible and the impossible. I am reading from Matthew. Do you still have the thing on your phone, on your iPad? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is. I don't know. I thought y'all didn't start till 6.30. All things are possible. Um, I mean, 7.30. We have a contrast between the impossible and the possible. Um, Furthermore. That's not just a statement about what God can do. I want to show you how we have access to God's power through faith. Notice Matthew chapter number 19 and verse number 29. There's other passages like this, but let's just use this one as a theme passage. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it unto thee. Um, Back to the original point, I need to grow my faith. If I'm going to be effective, if I'm going to be helpful, if I'm going to be a blessing to others, I need to grow my faith. There is no other thing I can do that is more effective than growing my faith in the kingdom of God and trusting to his word, holding fast to his promise. Furthermore, every one of you who are strong believers, you you've given your heart to the Lord. I'm, I'm not saying you're perfect. There's no risk of that. 
but you have given your heart to the Lord, your ability to have a profound impact on your world is going to be related to the faith you have in your heart. The Bible shows us levels of faith. Um, it, it teaches us spiritual insight into faith by showing us, uh, I don't know if levels is the best way to say it. It might be degrees of faith is a better way, a better way to say this. Uh, I will show this to you here in uh, Matthew chapter number 28, and we'll read it verse number 26. He said to them, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? O ye of little faith. Then he arose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Uh, notice that the category is little faith. It's not that they have no faith. It's that they have little faith. I fear that's often the category I fall in. It's not that I have no faith. It's that I have little faith. And I really can only plead with God for him to work. I cannot step out in confidence and yes, faith and speak his promise, do you see? Let me give you another passage here uh, where little faith is is demonstrated. Uh, Peter walking on the water in Matthew 14 and 31. Uh, he takes his eyes off Jesus. He begins to sink. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? <laughs> the Lord identifies him as you of little faith. Uh, now, here's the astonishing thing. Of everyone in the boat, Peter had the most faith. Peter was the one who said, if it's you, Lord, bid me come. Of everybody in the boat, Peter was the one, you know, the first one to shout amen. The first one to, you know, hit the aisles and worship. That's Peter. And he gets out of the boat on the waves, distracted by the fears of the incredulity of walking on the water. Jesus saves him and says, oh, ye of little faith. Imagine you're riding in the boat and you think to yourself, my goodness, if Peter's of little faith, what does that say about me? One more passage where we see this category of little faith is the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is saying, wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. So uh, we have at least three instances here. I believe there's more, but we have at least th three instances here to talk about the reality, the very real consequence of being a person of little faith. It's not that we have no faith. It's that we have a little bit of faith. Lest we get discouraged with this, I want to point out to all of you that <laughs> little faith is where all of us begin. Everybody begins with little faith. Everybody begins with little faith. So if you feel as though you're wrestling with little faith, I want to encourage you to start there. Uh, a little bit of faith is better than no faith. In fact, Jesus teaches us uh, not to be, you know, not, not to with 
be fearful or withdraw from the day of little things, or he invites us to consider the size of a mustard tree, uh, a seed versus the mustard tree. He uses all of that as an instruction. I, I think, I, I don't know if you would agree with me, but I, I think most of us could say, yes, I I can fit right there with people's little faith. I, I know God can. I, I don't know if he'll do it for me. I don't know if I'm worthy, but God could maybe for you. Um, we have a little faith. Um, better than no faith, but there is a limit when we live in the arena of little faith to what we can do as one who speaks for God, as the ambassador, as the apostle. Uh, we're very limited because we have little faith. And biblically speaking, what you could you would see is they have a little bit of faith, but it's really God doing everything. They, they have an, an ability to move God. Now, I'm not saying that we have control over God. Don't take this too far. I'm saying we have, through faith, some type of spiritually mysterious influence where our faith makes a difference in our context. So uh, I think all of us are comfortable here in saying we have a little bit of faith. Now let's go to the next degree of faith shown to us, shown to us here in the scripture. Uh, and we will be in uh, Matthew chapter number nine. Uh, this is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, now let me remind you of the story. Uh, she had pressed through the crowd, saying within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. That's what she's saying within herself. In other words, she believes in Jesus, but more she has an activating faith. She has a, I think this is a good word, an actionable faith. And so she is pressing, she's not being held back, and she's saying within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Watch this, guys. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that very hour. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Um, this is more than a little bit of faith. This is the faith that influences God, where it's almost as though Jesus in his humanity says, I didn't see you coming your faith moved God. Um, I didn't expect this right here, right now, but your faith moved God. Now, this is the faith where an individual, I want to say this right because it's easy to take this too far and there's been a lot of faith healing movements that have taken it too far where uh, everybody and their brothers commanding God this and commanding God that. Um, that's not where I'm wanting to take this, but I am wanting to acknowledge that the faith of the believer can be of such a degree that it moves God and it influences God. That's what I, I think that is the prayer goal of, of we who all are comfortable saying we have a little bit of faith. I think the first step of 
progress, the first reaching, striving for that aspiration of the supernatural in our life. I think the best way to to think of that would be the faith that moves us through resistance, uh, pushes us through the crowd, maintains our internal courage, that self-talk, God can do it, I believe God's going to do it for me, and then touches the hem of his garment. Now, this is more uh, this is more than um, a little bit of faith. This is the faith to influence God. Let me tell you the second story that is like this. And let's, let's call this um, the, kind of the second degree of faith. This is blind Bartimaeus, Mark chapter number 10, verse number 52. And Jesus said to unto him, this is blind Bartimaeus, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So this is the uh, second level. Remember the first level of faith that you have a little bit of faith, but you, if God doesn't do it, it's not going to be done. If God doesn't save you, you're not going to be saved. So you have a little bit of faith, but really you just have enough faith to have this cry for divine help. The second area, the second degree of faith is where you can believe, you can press past obstacles, you can claim the promises, you can resist that which would limit you, and on and on. Um, but the unique thing here is in both of these cases, they needed confirmation from the Lord. They needed confirmation. Notice what Jesus says to the woman, daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. Notice what he says to blind Bartimaeus, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. So, um, yes, they were able to press persevere in their faith, but they needed reassurance. Now, let me show you the third degree of faith shown to you in the scripture. We're going to call this great faith, and it's going to be uh, shown to you here um, in uh, Matthew chapter number eight. We'll read it, verse number 10. This is the story of the centurion with the sick serp, uh, servant. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Well, let me just back up. The centurion has a need. He goes to the Lord, heal my servant. Uh, I love I love my servant. Please uh, heal, heal him. And uh, then he says, look, I know as a man of authority that you have authority. And if you just say the word, then you can yourself uh, speak it. I don't need, I, I don't, I don't need to have my hand held. I don't need any reassurance. If you will just say it, I know that's enough. So this is Jesus's reaction to a man who understands authority and says, "If you just say it, it can happen. I don't need a reassurance. I don't need my hand held." Just say it and it will happen. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. This is the faith that absolutely believes that God can, God will, and if you'll just take care of it, I'll just celebrate with you. This is great faith. 
This is the kind of faith that shocks God. Second story, this is in Matthew 15. We're going to read it, verse number 28. This is uh, the woman with the demon-possessed daughter, and she perseveres and she believes. And uh, you can read the story yourself. I want to focus on Jesus's reaction. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You see what's happening here. We're seeing on one hand, uh, the Bible identifying small faith, a little bit of faith. And that's where you believe in God. You believe in God's existence. You even believe in God's promise. But you have no actionable faith. All you have is the cry of pity. And that is a little bit of faith. The next level is where you have the faith. You, you will believe enough to act, to trust, to work, to, you know what I mean, strain for the hem of his garment. Um, but you need reassurance in your, in that faith. You need the Lord to tell you you've received your miracle. And then you see biblically great faith where you so profoundly understand that God can do it. And you have so completely embrace the promise of what God can do that you you don't need reassurance you can completely profoundly trust God now I would like to think I could get to great faith um, I, I, I need to get to actionable faith first I'm confident with a little bit of faith um, I, the, the, I want to live in that arena of the faith of action. So before I go a step further into this study and look at um, some of the things that are accompanying faith in the New Testament, we make sure everybody's on the same page of what we mean by faith. Um, faith basically is uh, believing something of which you only have a promise, you do not have evidence. Uh, Webster's Dictionary defines it, a firm belief in something for which there is no, pro no proof. But even so, you have complete confidence. Uh, Unger's Bible Dictionary, the conviction of the reality of the truths and facts that God has revealed based solely on the testimony of God. Uh, let me say that in another way. If God said it, that settles it. I believe it. You see, this is definitions of faith. Um, the Bible defines faith in Hebrews uh, 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And this is a word. This is a rhetoric um, word challenge uh, in a way because to have evidence of something not seen um, in a way, particularly in the realm of faith, is to have no evidence, but to live and walk as though you have evidence, as though you had seen. Now, remember Thomas, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. Um, so if we talk about faith, let me go back to the beginning. Let me go back to brass tacks here. I need more faith in my life. Uh, I have a lot of things I want to do for for the kingdom, uh, for the church, for my brothers and sisters, uh, for my family, my children. I want to be a man of faith. Um, I have a lot of work to do. Uh, every day is a new day of challenge and a new day of um, effort. Um, I have made progress in faith. I have more work to do. Um, I have confidence 
confidence to say, I have a little bit of faith. I can no problem call upon the Lord and ask for his uh, intervention and believe and, and, and feel strongly that God at his choice can show up early, middle or late and change everything. I have no problem believing uh, as a person who has some faith, um, a little bit of faith. I have no problem claiming a mustard seed, but I want to take a step of, uh, in the direction of exercising my faith. How do I move from having a little bit of faith? To having the faith, the next level of, of I have faith, but I, I need reassurance sometimes. That's very human. Uh, and perhaps someday, if the Lord would so grant us his favor and strength, get to the point where I can completely trust him and let it all be worked out according to his, his will. And so uh, back to how we grow in faith, back to how we exercise our faith, back to how I become more than I ever have a person of faith. And more importantly, how do you uh, in your life uh, exercise your faith and become the person uh, that God wants you to be? Let's, let's look at some scriptures here. Um, first of all, faith should be uh, a constant attitude and lifestyle. It should not just be a life preserver. Um, I know that's very simple and you all you all understand what I mean but everybody asks God to help them after they've made a mess but faith isn't best utilized as a life preserver faith is best utilized as a lifestyle so then this is Romans 10 verses 8 so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this is a reminder of the power in your life of the word of God and your word agreeing with the word of God. So there's a power in the word of God and then my word agreeing with the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. When I'm trying to grow my faith, I need to fill my heart, my mind, my environment with biblical scriptures of faith, with statements of faith, um, I need to find a way to speak in unity with the word of God. Uh, faith cometh by hearing, uh, hearing by the word of God. That was Romans 10 and 17. Now let me back up to Romans 8 uh, and read uh, Romans 10 verses 8 through 10. But what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him up from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Paul is unabashedly strong in the statement that we speak in alignment with the word of God and it has downstream consequences in our lives. Uh, now we know uh, God's work in us is not just a moment. It's not like you check a box and then go back to living your life. It is a, 
relationship over time. The whole point of the Holy Spirit is to lead us and guide us into all truth. But Paul is so confident. Now, Paul knows that. Paul says that. Paul teaches that. This this ongoing uh, relationship, drawing closer to God, becoming more mature in our faith. Um, Paul's not being simple here. Paul is speaking with profound faith. And he says, if you can get your mouth saying that word of God that has been given to you, if you can let that word of God be in your heart, that is so powerful. It's going to take you all the way home. Now, Paul, are you saying that there's no future choices and decisions for me? No, it's a statement of faith. If you can get this right, if you can get your mouth right, it's going to be to your salvation. If you can speak the word that's in your spirit, this is such a profound statement that our faith is unashamedly unashamedly vocalized. We speak it. So the first point I want to make about growing our faith is um, this point of choosing faith as a lifestyle, not a life preserver. Um, Every day I have to, when I have um, challenges, setbacks, I have to speak faith accompanied with prayer and if appropriate repentance, all of these things, and then speak that faith. Uh, secondly, I, I, I have to vocalize it. So I've already been talking about that, but faith is very vocal. Um, faith is very much a statement um, of what you, you are expecting, you're looking for, you're praising God for. Um, this this statement does not have to be dependent on whether or not God gives you what he wants. In fact, um, some of the best preaching that I've ever heard on healing uh, was done by a man who needed healing himself. Um, in other words, you can state faith in such a way that even if you don't get this prayer request, he's still a healer. Do you see? You become a voice of faith, a voice of faith, a voice of faith. Uh, next, uh, so we're talking about lifestyle. We've talked about vocalizing. And next, I want to talk about this idea of accompanying your faith with action. James 2, verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith with my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Faith needs to be accompanied with action or works. Um, the illustration you guys hear me use more than any other is it's one thing to pray for rain. It's something else to carry an umbrella. Um, our actions speak to our faith even more than our words. So we have within us a reality of fear, this pitiful fear that gives us a little bit of faith in that we look to God and we call to God with this almost pitiful cry, save me. That's not wrong. That's a little bit of faith. Jesus speaks to the storms in your life. Jesus sets you free. He delivers you. You have a little bit of faith. The next step is that faith where uh, you're able to take action. You're able to push past resistance. 
It's a lifestyle for you. It's something you can vocalize and it has works of action. Here's the interesting thing is when you have that kind of work and it works in your life, you're able to disregard obstacles. The best, the best image of this is the woman with the issue of blood. We've already talked about her pushing through the crowd, saying within herself, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. So here's a question I think is important for all of us. What do you say uh, when you talk to yourself? Uh, we all talk to ourselves. Don't act like that. Uh, I'm the only one and I'm crazy. We're, we all have this inner monologue that's going on. Um, sometimes if you're really crazy, you have an inner dialogue going on where two different versions of your crazy self is having an argument. I only do that on days that end with why. So um, works is a testimony of faith within you. Those works in some way are represented by your ability to disregard obstacles, disregard obstacles. Um, I'm going to read here in uh, the book of uh, Romans chapter number four and verse number 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about to be a hundred years old neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. The, the next level of faith from the beginning where you, you, you know God could fix it, you just wonder if God's going to show up and you're pitiful and help me and save me. We're all that person. The next step is action. It's what you're saying, what you're doing, and what you are, yes, either ignoring or pushing past. That's the obstacles in your life. Uh, here, Paul talks about Abraham's obstacles. He could have looked at how old he was and said, oh, this is a waste of everybody's time. He could look. He could have looked at how old his wife was and said, this is a waste of everybody's time. But instead, he did not stagger at the promise of God. This is faith in action. This is the next level of faith, the ability to push on. It pushes on. It pushes on. I feel like there's a lot of you who have circumstances where you have had some faith. You may have even seen some, seen some progress. But, uh, yes, the obstacles remain. And, you know, hell pushes back, so to speak. You are challenged to fight for your faith. You are challenged to resist uh, the distractions and ignore the obstacles. Stop being impressed with all the reasons why you can't do it and start being impressed with the promise God gave you when he said you can do it. You are well able. And so uh, this is uh, helpful because it's biblical. Uh, let's continue on and let's talk about this stage of faith um, where you have you have some faith, but there's challenges along the way. Here is here is the anti-faith, the thing that kills faith. Uh, we call it doubt. I'm reading from uh, Mark chapter number 11. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be, be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to path, pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, 
believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Look at, uh, go back a little bit. When you say under the mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. That's the faith killer. And that's the wrestling that I, I, I if you thought of this as kind of a, a stair steps on a platform, so to speak, a little bit of faith, um, more faith, able to push through resistance and fight for it and ignore distractions and then great faith. Um, I think it's, I think all of us at times have pushed up into higher levels of faith. Um, but it's our fear and doubt, doubt and fear that hits us in our exhaustion, tiredness, distraction. And we kind of tumble back down to the, oh, ye of little faith. We believe in God. We know he can, but we can't activate any of the power of heaven to intervene. We cannot have the benefit of our faith making a difference in our life. We have no influence with God and we are far from utter trust where we just say, you're able, uh, speak the word and it shall be done. Um, so it's doubt that causes us to fall back down, uh, to little faith. Let me read Mark six, verse number four and five. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Uh, doubt kills the power and the promise of God. Doubt kills the power and the promise of God. So let me try to sum this up. Um, I've used up my time and I'm gonna try to sum this up into something that I can apply to my life and perhaps uh, you can apply to your your life. Um, I want us to all accept that we have faith in God. We are in the largest grouping of people, either in the Bible, in the church, in church history, in my own pastoral experience. This is by far the most common. We know God could make a difference, and we're, we'll ask him, but we don't have the actionable faith to influence the outcome. We know God can if God chooses to. That's the first level of faith. Um, how do we progress from here? Uh, well, all of our spiritual disciplines are going to work together in our heart and life to have stronger faith. We're going to exercise our faith. Uh, we're going to speak faith. We're going to use the word of God. This is so important. Whatever it is you're fighting, you need to find the scriptures that speak to your context. And you need to quote those scriptures. You need to put them in your prayer. You need to speak, okay? Uh, if you're doing that, if you are putting faith in your words, if you're putting works in your faith, do you see? If your actions are modeling your faith, um, then you have to be willing to fight for your faith. Discouragements come, you refuse the discouragement. That's how we fight for our faith. Um, you hear what someone said about you. You say, no, this is just a sideshow. It's just a sideshow. It's getting you off the purpose of God in your life. And this is that middle tier, so to speak, of fighting for your faith. Um, in this level, because you're fighting fear and distraction and whatnot, you need reassurance. This is where the church can be such a, uh, 
a help. In fact, I think most people who are faithful and consistent in the church are in this realm. Uh, where we are reassuring one another. We're joining our faith together. I think people of small faith, a lot of them don't even go to church. I have neighbors who um, may not even attend church. They consider themselves a Christian, you know, kind of, uh, certainly on Sundays. <laughs> um, I have friends like this, and they can ask God. They'll pray right with me. They have a little bit of faith. That's good. That's a, that's a good place to start. But when you get involved in a body of Christ, you automatically start fighting for that, that, that tear where you're influencing God because now you are resisting distraction. You are encouraging one another. You are giving one to another what blind Bartimaeus received and the woman with the issue of blood received, which is affirmation of God's power and God's promise. I think there is a possibility, however, that we, at times, I don't know if we could live here. I'd like to say we could, but I'm going to leave that with God. At times, we can get to that realm of great and mighty faith where we can completely surrender to God and we say, at your word, it can happen. And that is the ability to let go of the situation, let go of control, because you deeply know in your spirit that he actually is in control. It's not just a thing that preachers say on Sunday. It's not just a scripture your grandma used to quote. It's not just, you know, last Sunday's Bible study. It has been deeply uh, embedded in who you are, the core of who you are, and you can surrender it to God. Let's pray that God would increase our faith. Lord Jesus, we so much want to be effective in faith. We understand that whenever heaven breaks through and makes a difference here on earth, it's because people of faith were able, through prayer, through fasting, were able to access the power of heaven, the gifts of the Spirit that, that work outside the practicality of, of, of anything that we do in the flesh. Um, and God moves. Lord, you can bring a, a light to a community where truth, hope, and joy is shined into the hearts and minds of people. Uh, you can bring breakthroughs of souls, of, of, of influence, breakthroughs of finances and the miraculous. Uh, we want to have great faith, um, not, not for the elevation of ourselves. That, that's just a different temptation we would have to pray through or even that vanity would harm us we want your name to be exalted we want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven i'm praying today for every person who is uh listening uh at this moment i'm praying that you would help them grow their faith i pray that you would help them see the power of speaking the word of god of taking action, the power of resisting the enemy, of pushing past distraction, of being wise to the sideshows of the enemy that causes us to lose our way, lose our confidence, and fall back into the, 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 the neediness of somebody with just a little bit of faith. God, help us to have, if not the great faith that's astonished you, which almost seems seems like a vainglorious thing for us to claim for ourselves, let us have the faith that can make a difference in our lives, in other people's lives. Help us to have the faith that can move the mountain 
It can happen fast. It can happen slow. We'll let you sort all that out, God, but help us to grow our faith. Every event our church has coming up, help us to have stronger faith. When we do our backpack drive this Saturday, help us to have when when we're praying with those people, help us to have faith when we pray. When we bless the community, help us to have faith when we do it. When we get bad reports this week, help us to speak into that report with faith. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me end by reading one more time Mark chapter number 11, verse number 23. I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Let it be in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you all. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we have uh, services uh, on Sunday, 915 in Charlotte. Uh, you can go to the website there, firstchurchclt.com, and also 11 a.m. in Charlotte, two services, whichever works for you. We also have a service at 2 p.m. in um, French. It's a French African community uh, in our church. They have services. There's services in Spanish at 2 in Charlotte also. Uh, in Concord, um, right at the end of uh, uh, Linker Rubin. Uh, road, Ruben Linker Road. Um, there is, uh, that's where the location there, there is. You can um, search Christ Community Church Concord and you'll find the information there. Uh, Spanish service there at 11 and an English service there at 2 in the afternoon. Uh, we'd love to host you. God bless you all. We love you. Uh, we want to grow together in faith. We want to do the work of the Lord together. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus' name. And we will. Uh, we will celebrate God's goodness in your life. God bless you. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.